You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch. For the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. John, we are still talking Stranger Things Season 2, and this week's episode is episode... Yes. Yeah, episode 6, The Spy. Uh, when we get to it, you know, we'll definitely have more to talk about, but I have to say, I, I definitely enjoyed this episode more than episode 5. Yeah, 5 felt a little bit like filler, and this one felt like it got the plot moving again. It, yeah, it really did. Um... So, and we saw a lot of the repercussions, I guess is the best way to put it, from uh, from the end of episode five. Oh, yeah. Um, but before that, let's get into a little bit of news. There's a lot of news happening in uh, the geek Hollywood world, so to speak, uh, this week. Um a lot of I think I think it's a lot of people a lot of I think a lot of the news is getting done they're getting stuff done before the holiday season starts so that the rest of the Hollywood can just take it off. Oh yeah, they want to go on vacation and I'm sure probably a lot of stuff they need to get done before the year's end <laughs> so that they can get their stipends and everything. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is uh the DC Cinematic Universe or the DC Extended Universe as it's been t- said a couple of times. Uh it sounds like there's a lot of shakeup going on over there at Warner Brothers in the handling of DC. So John Berg, the executive in charge of the comic book film production division is out from all, from from the sounds of it. Uh let's see uh according to Variety Berg has ins- instead become a production partner with Roy Lee, the producer of the Lego movie and it who has a deal on the lot. This is something that John approached me about 6 months ago and he expressed that his goal was to ultimately be a producer at the studio, uh, which is the Warner Brothers Picture Group president, Toby Emmerich, said in a statement to Variety. I first met John, uh, well, that, that's, not, that's not important, but uh, it sounds like some of the other stuff that's going on is um, Jeff Johns, who's the part, who has partnered with Berg on much of the creative directions of the movies, is expected to continue serving as the DC Entertainment's chief creative officer. Johns, who reports to DC's president, Diane Nelson, works in areas such as television. Uh, he has written various episodes for the DC-inspired shows, publishing, and consumer products. Um, I, I really think that they that's who they should have step in and be the Kevin Feige, for lack of a better word, of the DCEU, but they have yet to do that. See, that's why it's always great to be the first of your kind in something. Because then you could be the reference. Because then you become like, oh, he's the Steve Jobs of the <laughs> Marvel Universe. No, well, now he's the Kevin Feige of the DC Universe yeah. and all that. Um, and good riddance to that house cleaning, because honestly, it can't possibly be any worse than it is now. <laughs> I mean, it could, but I, I don't think they have to try very hard to be better right the bar is set really low it is set really low uh is a snyder still gonna stay as a executive producer for like um the some of the future dceu movies that are coming up so aquaman flashpoint wonder woman 2 and also ben affleck while Ben Affleck is expected to appear as Batman in a standalone Flash movie, it is highly unlikely he will don the cape and cowl in Matt Reeves' planned standalone Batman movie. Uh, what was the last thing I saw? I think Reeves said he wanted John Hamm to play. Yeah, Batman? John Hamm is uh, someone he would like to get on there, and I think John Hamm's also been kind of championing for the role now. Um, Jillian Hall's name's been thrown out too a few times. Um, 
I would rather see Ham as Batman than Gyllenhaal. Or Gyllenhaal, how do you pronounce this weird Swedish name, whatever it is. Um, but uh, I, I would see nothing but Don Draper in a bat suit, basically. If they cast <laughs> you know what? I I never watched Mad Men, so I think uh, watching Baby Driver, his um, what was his, what was his character's name? Buddy. I think Buddy would kind of make an interesting Batman. Um, but I honestly have to say that I would prefer to see Jake Gyllenhaal, but if, if it was just between those two, I still would, my, my vote still goes towards Carl Urban. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, he's got a very good, uh, jawline and chin. So. Yeah. 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 He pulled, he pulled off dread in my book. So yeah, I, I would, I would love to see him as, as Bruce Wayne Batman. But he's already met his criteria of playing two uh, separate comic book characters. I think he'd be really stretching to go for a third. I, I, I'm, I'm sure he's played more than, than two at this point. He's got Dread. He's got uh, the Executioner in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, I mean, can, can, can you consider Bones a, a comic book character? I don't know, actually. Uh, I think his character in Pathfinder... I think Pathfinder was a comic book, but I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I think you're right. Maybe that's that is correct. And uh, then there's also. Um, oh, and I guess that would make Josh Brolin also breaking that rule because this would be like his third comic book character as well. Yeah, Jonah Hex yeah. and Thanos and Cable now. Yeah. I don't know why they keep giving him <laughs> those rules. Hey, some people just keep getting work in Hollywood for one reason or another. Uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, but I would I would definitely in- enjoy seeing Carl Urban in the role. That's actually a good idea. Yeah, it'd be kind of neat to have him. Other than that, I really can't think of very many other people. Maybe uh, this would be kind of a weird one, but Viggo Mortensen. Ooh, uh, I think you're getting a little on the older side. I mean, John Hamm's probably the same age. Also, probably a bit older. Yeah, I think he could do it though. You know, in that in that George Miller. Uh, Justice League movie was supposed to be Army Hammer, who was going to be um, Batman. And then you'd be getting on the way younger side, yeah. That would be like year one Batman. Well, age. I don't think he's that, that young anymore. Well, I mean, around that time, wouldn't that have been like around 2007? Oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, that back then, it would have yeah. been he would have been the much younger Batman, but... Well, I mean, I'm still hoping that they do a live-action Kingdom Come someday. And then maybe they can get. Don't one even get really. me started. That's like one of my favorite storylines <laughs> of all time. So, uh, yeah. Maybe they can get. Uh, um, what was his name? The artist that does them. Alex Ross. Alex Ross. Yes, I wanted to say Joe Jusco because that's my favorite artist, but I know that wasn't him. Yeah, maybe they could get him to like paint every frame of that as a like a animated movie <laughs> that would be amazing that would be interesting yeah uh while we're sticking to the dceu it still looks like a, a shazam movie is happening they have cast a freddie freeman to go along with billy batson and captain marvel uh the star one of the stars of the of it the most recent it jack dylan grazer will be playing freddie freeman Freddie Freeman, one of Billy Batson's uh, close friends. And who did he play in It? It, he was the one that um, his mother was making him think he was sick. Oh, uh, the Munchausen syndrome one? Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. and he was most recently on a show that I really enjoyed but got canceled over at CBS with Bobby Moynihan and, uh, oh, uh, John Lorquette. All three char- all three actors were playing the same character, but at different ages. Oh. So Jack, uh, Dylan Grazer, John, uh, Bobby Moynihan, and John Larroquette were all playing this character. In the movie, the show was called Me, Myself, and I, and they were the same character throughout different points in his life. And I thought it was a really great, great, interesting original show. But apparently, the the viewers at CBS did not enjoy the show the because it wasn't a Chuck Lorre show. So. <laughs> There was no laugh track, probably, so people didn't know when to laugh. And there you go. That, that had to have been it. Um, but yes, he will be coming on as, as Freddie Freeman. Uh, also, at, known, I don't know if they'll do that in the the movie, but you know, at one point, Freddie Freeman is Captain Marvel Jr. Uh, also, he became Captain Marvel at one point in the in the comics. 
So well, it's good to have a backup. There you go. Uh, what was something you wanted to talk about? Uh, I wanted to talk about the ever-present Disney acquisition of Fox properties. This has been an ongoing story now. You know, first it was something that could have happened but didn't. Now it's something that's apparently still happening and probably will. The latest information coming from that is kind of an interesting one. Because and this is the latest information as we're recording. It, as we're recording. When this comes out, today, it, yeah. it, might, it might be a different story altogether. Yeah, we'll either have confirmation or know for sure that it was a bunch of BS. Uh, but if true, this would have some interesting ramifications for uh, both uh, Disney, Marvel, and DC. Uh, <laughs> the obvious story being that uh, you know Disney's trying to acquire Fox for a bunch of different properties. Um, some of them part of the Marvel universe. Uh, you would get in that whole spiel. You'd have uh, the X Men universe, uh, which includes Deadpool. Um, you would also have the Fantastic Four. Uh, but apparently, uh, because Fox also owns the rights to the 1960s Adam West Batman series, <sighs> as well as uh, has some ownership over Gotham, uh, the current Batman-themed uh, TV show on Fox, uh, those rights would go over to Disney. So that yeah. is interesting that Disney's starting to kind of tread a bit into the uh, other competition's <laughs> territory uh, and probably making DC a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> And you know that is that is pretty interesting. Now, one of the things I think is also uh, interesting is that as we're speaking, Avengers Four is being filmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm wondering how much Kevin Feige has left in the open, so that if this happens in time, they can throw in a cameo or Easter egg of a of a x-men character or fantastic four character you know into avengers 4 before it ends well the rumors are already flying that we're gonna see some some really bold uh, cameos from characters from the other properties now i i mean i honestly i almost think it's it's a little too difficult just because they have to be pretty close to film to finishing filming and there's no actual guarantee to the to the uh, contract yet, I guess is the best way to put it. The, the merger? Yeah, to the, to the best of our knowledge. I mean, some rumors say that the deal is pretty much, like, set and they're just working out the, the final details. Essentially, like, the ink is still wet, but it's been signed is, like, the best way to put it. Um, that being said, like, yeah, by the time this actually airs, we might know more and have egg on our face <laughs> or feel super vindicated and be like, we told you so. So, say this goes through in 2019, you're sitting there watching Avengers 4. What is it that you hope is the is the big cameo? Like, it's the it's the end credit scene, and all of a sudden, X pops up. Who who's this? Who's that person? Who's that character? Silver Surfer. Oh, really? Yes. I hope that. They absolutely cannot defeat Thanos. Thanos has all the Infinity Gems or Stones. And it just looks like the world is about to get screwed. And then all of a sudden, he just gets, like, vaporized. You know, like, what the? You know, what just happened? And then, um, you know, you see up in the sky the Silver Surfer. And everybody's like, whoa, who are you, mysterious, uh, you know, Argent so man? They literally just going to bring in... <laughs> they bring in Silver Surfer to defeat Thanos at the very end. They couldn't do it themselves. That'd be a Basically. terrible movie. You'd be pissed off at that movie. But this would be setting up the uh, coming of, of uh, Galactus. Right. The only reason why Silver Surfer would be doing that would be to preserve the lunch of the uh, Look, Devourer. I would, I would like it. I would love the Silver Surfer, but it would be an end credit scene for me. Would, <laughs> after they've already defeated Thanos and they've partied and, and you know, every, whatever Avengers have left and whatever Avengers are now the new team, all that stuff settled. And then the credits, final credit goes. And then all of a sudden you see the Silver Surfer sail, like surf in and basically reports back to Galactus saying it, they've preserved their earth. It is riping, it is ripe for the, your taking now kind of thing. Uh, that would be pretty awesome, and it would be great because obviously Silver Surfer would be a CGI character, so we don't need to have uh, an actor come on to set, which then would be, it would be reported that 
so and so actor was 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 seen on set and 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 then ruin it for all of us. It, you just have that actor show up at a sound studio somewhere, record the voiceover, and that's it. That's all you would need, and that that might not ever get reported. Now, would you still like to have Lawrence Fishburne do the voice, or just get someone new and just no. get a fresh take? Yeah, on Yeah, get someone new, get a new fresh take on it. Uh, not that he did a bad job, but that he did a great job for the voice. You know who I would like? Who's that? I really love. Uh, I mean, and I don't know, maybe this would be like typecasting because it'd be a similar role, but I'd really like Billy Crudup to be the Silver Server. Huh, that's that's interesting. I mean, now, would you have him actually do the the mocap and all that stuff for it? or I, I wouldn't really care about that as long as it, it was his voice. So like another Steppenwolf kind of thing? Basically. <laughs> I mean, if he did the mocap and wanted to really commit to it, uh, you know, that'd be great. Uh, but not everybody is a Benedict Cumberbatch that'd be willing to like, crawl around the floor you know act a fool mm-hmm. to pretend to be a cgi character so um i don't know i just really love his voice though billy crudup like i want to make a loop of him just saying his lines from uh, almost famous and watchmen <laughs> so i could go to sleep to it at night be like white noise uh who and whoever it is i would definitely want them to do the mocap for it um who would i want uh, I mean, uh, actually have doug jones do it since he did the mocap for you, you the first could one. but i don't know if i'd really i don't know if i'd want doug jones back again I, so basically just wipe the slate clean like yes. the others never happened yeah just everything so, fresh right. honestly in my my opinion who i want to show up is I, I would love to see uh the the fantastic four show up at the end of avengers 4 like you're you're fighting thanos all that stuff happens in, in outer space. You could say a repercussion from their fight causes the Fantastic Four ship to to get hit by a cosmic wave or a wave of cosmic uh, cosmic rays. And then the in credit scene is their their spaceship like crash landing on Earth and them getting them emerging with their powers. That's what I would love to see. And hopefully they give some cameos or some kind of acknowledgement to the. Uh original cast of the 94 fantastic four because those guys man i feel so bad for them yeah they really tried to make a good movie and they were just bamboozled they really did they really <laughs> did try to make a good movie uh i want to talk about war games do you remember that movie with matthew broderick back in the 80s absolutely are you a big fan I want to say I was a big fan, but I definitely liked it. Yeah, I would say I was a big fan. I, I enjoyed it, and I, I think it's uh, it's an interesting take on on the Cold War and you know entering into the cyber age. Um, well, they're going to re- be remaking it into a TV show, and it, something I don't know what this Echo is E K O, but they're making it in partnership with MGM, and it's going to be uh, I don't know if it. It's gonna it's gonna be interactive somehow. So oh. yeah, the idea is that you know it's gonna be modern times, and you will have some type of group like uh, Anonymous or F Society if you watch Mr. Robot. Um, but the teaser trailer that showed up, you know, it says coming in 2018, and it says, Dude, "Would you like to play a game?" Uh, all that kind of stuff. But it is supposed to be interactive, whatever that means. Well, that actually makes a lot more sense now because I remember reading something uh, just the other day about how Netflix is going to be experimenting with a choose-your-own-adventure type of uh, format for, for new programming. And I, I found that fascinating, too. I, I mean, which I, I, I feel like it, it could be really easy for them to do. All they have, you know, as soon as the episode's over, you have two options and you pick hey would you like to go would you like your character to do this or would you like your character to do that and then you just highlight that one pick it and then thus the show goes on in the choose your own adventure way that sounds really awesome yeah yeah that's kind of surprising we haven't gotten to that point already i'm surprised as well i know there was a few theaters that were experimenting with that in the 90s because i was really into that idea at one point i remember that too i remember hearing about that and it's kind of like they took the the highest vote of everybody as a consensus uh whether or not said character you know does a or b and then everybody has like a voting device right next to their armrest and whatever the highest vote was they went with that 
Yeah, it looked like the little voting machine thingies that they had in America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, like, pull them from the back of the seat, and you click a button, and uh, there would be, like, a vote on the screen. And, yeah, the story would go whichever got the most votes. Mm-hmm. So I've always wondered about that, too. If you had a movie that had, like, some really morally dubious uh, choices, you got to see who what people would decide the most. Like, do we beat this baby seal with a club, or... Do we not do it? And, you know, you get to see a facet of humanity and their horribleness to see what happens when they choose. <laughs> uh, you had another story, right? Yes. Uh, so this is actually two stories in one. It was two separate things that kind of came together. Uh, so Tarantino recently threw out there that uh, he would find it really interesting if he got to work on a Star Trek movie. That seems kind of out there for Tarantino because he's known for not really doing franchises or properties other than his own original stuff. True. And Except for um, Jackie Brown is was actually a franchise of some sorts before he got a hold of it. I thought it was a, uh, an homage to... Like Cleopatra Brown and... And Foxy Jones or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, no, it's, a, it's actually it's its own franchise. It is its own thing that's been in existence? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was based on the book, wasn't it? Maybe. I'm it thinking. might be a book, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, but yeah, that, with that rare exception, pretty much everything has been something original he's come up with. Um, or he's done a serious, uh, like, rewrite of, such as Inglorious Bastards. Um, that being said, so yeah, he wants to tackle Star Trek, and I think he was just kind of spitballing. And then I guess Abrams was like in touch with him and was like, hey, let's get a writer's group together and, uh, you know, talk ideas. So that was the last that was heard about that. And more recently, Sir Patrick Stewart uh, was asked if he'd ever come back to the role of Jean-Luc Picard. And he basically wanted to say a big F no about (laughs) that. Uh, But then he amended that by saying, but you know what? I heard that Tarantino's interested in doing Star Trek. If he found a way to put good old John Luke Picard back in the, on in the captain's chair, basically, he says I would be uh, more than happy to reconsider. Essentially, saying he's always wanted to work with Tarantino, and if this is what it would take to do it, then he would do it. You know, and it's funny is that uh, the Nerdist podcast they actually like two years ago had an interview with. Um, Quentin Tarantino and he talked on that where he he's like I would really like to do a Star Trek movie so it's it's kind of interesting that it's all kind of coming to fruition now and of course I mean look at look at what Fox did with Logan and Deadpool you know those were R-rated movies and they're like well they made all the monies so yeah uh why wouldn't they be like yeah let's make a Star Trek R-rated movie now I feel like the hardcore Trek fans will might, might get upset about that because that's not what the the real the vein of the you know it depends on what the r is coming from though there's a lot of different criteria that would cause a movie to be rated r yeah but think about what tarantino does well tarantino has lots of uh, naughty language and he's also very like graphic in his violence yeah i think that's where more than likely it will come from the graphic violence because he doesn't really have nudity not really, no. He's not known for nudity. And there's no in- insinuated sex in a lot of his movies. Uh, other than, I guess there was a little bit of nudity in, in Django. I, well, you got to see Jamie Foxx's balls. There definitely was nudity in that <laughs> Well, one. I mean, uh, the actress who plays uh, Hilda was... Uh, she, oh, yeah. She, she was, was she stripped the, down, but you didn't really box. see anything yeah. other than her it's butt. It's not gratuitous when it's it not comes gratuitous, to nudity. No, yeah. yeah, he he's more gratuitous with the violence, interestingly. Yes. Um... Yeah, so how that would fit in a Star Trek movie, I mean, that's not to say there isn't violence in Star Trek. I mean, there most definitely is. Yeah, but they set their guns to, to they set their phasers <laughs> to stun. But they also can have, uh, I mean, there's been violence in Star Trek movies. I mean, there's been, you know, people bleeding, there's been amputations, there's been like evaporations, there's been some body horror, but it's always done really subdued in order to keep it family friendly. Right. I think, I mean, they could definitely get away with it, maybe if it has language. As long as it's in context, it could still work. I mean, people still curse in the future. We just don't hear about it in PG-13. You know? 
made for TV versions well, you, of it. Babylon Five, not Babylon Five. I'm sorry, uh, Battlestar Galactica. They just changed the the curse words yeah, so was that you slag or something or f- frag? frag frag. That's what it was. Frack. Frack. Yeah. So instead of saying Mother fuck fracker. all the time, yeah, you just say frack, and well, the censors can't really get you because you're not saying fuck. Right. What if it's? What if they eventually changed it to be like, well, it was the intent of the word. Right. Well, I think that's kind of what they are. I mean, not not that you can't put other words in there, but like, you know, you get away with stuff like um, like shit. Like if you're speaking about actual shit, then you can. But if you're talking about like an explicative, I think you can't say it or something. You, like can, that. you can't use it as a verb, only as a noun. I think that's what <laughs> the, the the rule is, but I'm not sure. Yeah, context is key, I guess. But uh, yeah, we have a whole bunch of puritanical people in the fcc that need to ease up a little <laughs> well that's just the way the country kind of is uh all right uh one of the things i want to talk about also was the remake of the crow or you know i don't even want to say it's a remake i want to say the readaptation of the crow so alex proyas the director of the the first crow movie with brandon lee has went out on his facebook and he kind of went on a little rant about how they shouldn't be remaking this movie. And it's all because of how the movie was Brandon's. Like, he directed it, but he didn't. He never said a film by Alex Proyas. He kind of just put down he directed because it was actually Brandon Lee's movie. And he knew how passionate he was about the movie and about, you know, the story being made. And, you know, it's a very unfortunate, you know, accident that happened uh, that took Brandon's life uh, during that movie. But I have to say is that, and, and of course, no one's, I mean, the, whoever it is that's making the movie is not being like, oh, well, Alex Proyas says we shouldn't make it, so let's not make the movie. But, like, his, it's an, it's an adaptation of a comic book, of a graphic novel. So you can't sit there and be like, I mean, I, I can understand it if it was his original movie. And, and, you know, he wasn't adapting it from something else. And he'd be like, well, they shouldn't be making, remaking this movie. They're gonna, it's they're adapting something. Just because you made one doesn't mean someone else can't make it. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's not the same as if like uh, James O'Barr. Right now, was... if James O'Barr came out and said, "I don't think that anybody should be remaking this movie." Well, one, he sold the rights off to it, so yeah. they get to make whatever they want. But I get what he's saying. Like I, I would be more behind it if James O'Barr, the creator of The Crow, had came out and said, "You know, they shouldn't be making this movie." Yeah, I mean, now if Brandon Lee came back and was like, you shouldn't be remaking this movie, then we'd be like, holy shit, yeah, let's not do that. I'm going to be like, well, you found out to come back from the dead. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's specifically to prevent this from happening. Uh, I mean, how, how uh, do you feel one way or the other about this movie being made? I feel like... They, With Jason Momoa as the crow? I feel like they just... The the first movie was kind of lightning in a bottle that was kind of bookended by the the tragic story of what happened with right. Brandon Lee. Um, I think the sequels, you know, while somewhat serviceable but diminishing in quality over you know over their run. Yeah, they um, were. They they didn't quite really live up to the original. Um, the the original was just like, it's a product of its time. It's lightning in a bottle. It's you can't recreate the overall sensation of like what the original one accomplished i think um you know it was very original for its time and um i think to do another one or at least a readaptation of the source material um if there's a good reason for it or if there's a genuine fresh take that adds something and it's a genuinely great movie i mean then there'd be no reason to say yeah like don't do that but more often than not, a lot of remakes are just cash grabs because it's a recognizable property. Mm-hmm. And there's like a nostalgia factor. Like, I feel like we're starting to edge out of the 80s nostalgia and we're slowly going to start creeping into 90s nostalgia here really soon. And this could be like the, the beginnings of that. So I, I don't think there's a good reason to make a new one. But I don't think that the reason not to make it would be to like not sully the memory of the year of, of the right Brandon Lee yes thing. and I, i'm right there with you I, I totally agree with that like one of the reasons i would say not not to make this movie is because we as a pop culture have are kind of past that that um phase in our life this whole grim and dark phase like 
I think seeing like coming from the world of comic books in general, like the where I I you know I'm I feel like I dabble a lot. Um, you don't have characters like the Crow and Spawn being made again, you know, uh, Lobo or you know the original X Force. Like those uh, those characters were most definitely a product of the, of that time, the '90s, you know, where uh the you know the comic book world was doing that kind of stuff like the crow is i mean the spawn is still going these days but i I don't think that it's nearly as popular as it was then no right now what we really need in all honesty is a resurgence of the well essentially the best way i can describe it is um we need to kind of cut back a bit from the overly dark characters and the one good thing i can say about justice league is that the last i don't know 10 minutes when superman comes back and he's like a completely different character where he seems more like actual superman right and then it ending with the mid credit scene of uh you know superman and flash having that famous race that right. they've done in the comics for decades <laughs> that is what we need more of yeah not this do you bleed you know, other <laughs> bullshit you know like no like that whole thing we need to like if anything, Flashpoint could be like, ironically, what fixes everything rather than ruins the timeline, because it could give them like their excuse to have the reset button and say, "Well, now everything's different and cheery because the Flash went and fixed everything." <laughs> essentially, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely something that could that could happen. So yeah, no to Darkman, no to Spawn, no to the Crow, and that's gonna be in the pipelines too. You know it. They're gonna. Oh, there's definitely it. a Spawn movie. Oh, well, we know there's a Spawn movie yeah. in the making. Or yeah, I think that's Todd McFarlane's making a movie, not a TV show. Oh yeah, Darkman's gonna be next. You'll see. <laughs> uh, what was the next thing you wanted to talk about? Next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Dexter Fletcher. Uh, director who I know very little about. Apparently, his biggest credits are Eddie the Eagle, which I've never heard of, and Stander, which I also have never heard of. I watched Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle is a very interesting movie. It's based off a true story of the the young gentleman that wanted to be an Olympic athlete, found a sport that he could he felt that he could do, which was downhill skiing and jumping. I think downhill um oh the ski jump or ski jump yeah thank you uh which is supposedly one of the most dangerous events that there are there are there is in the winter, winter olympics and it's, it's falling with style this is the same olympics that the cool runnings is about the with the jamaican bobsled oh, team. at the same time same one yeah so uh it and it stars um taron edgerton who we know from the kingsman so oh, yeah, he, yeah he, i'm sorry so this this director is doing what now uh so this director is replacing brian singer on bohemian rhapsody bohemian rhapsody so the much maligned production of bohemian rhapsody <laughs> that's interesting i mean obviously there is there's been a lot of uh controversy around brian singer as of late with uh, this movie and uh it sounds like he is most definitely out in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, uh, but not just this movie. I just mean in in Hollywood entertainment in general. Um, and yeah, uh, he's joining the ever growing list of people that you now have to be disappointed in. <sighs> well, I'm gonna say this: Brian Singer kind of disappointed me a long time ago. <laughs> uh, obviously, now for much worse Outs- reasons. Outside of his personal life, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to meet Brian Singer at uh, Comic-Con in the, uh, I think it was during the Superman Returns uh, production or uh, press run. Okay. And um, seemed like a nice guy, I guess, you know, at face value. But, you know, I guess you just never really know a person. No, you really don't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it sounds like it's, it's unfortunate for the movie that they, it has to go through these things. But hopefully with uh, this new director that they'll be able to finish it up and, and make a good movie. I think there's supposed to be like it's only a couple weeks left of, of shooting on that movie. Yeah, they, I, from the sound of it, I think they got a lot of it already in the can. Yeah, it's just a few more. But yeah, Singer was growing increasingly erratic and uh, unreliable on set. Apparently reports were stating that um, he would show up very late if he would show up at all 
and they just finally had enough. And yeah, the uh, current allegations didn't help that situation any. So it looks like he's been ousted and uh, Dexter Fletcher, who has an interesting name, kind of a tongue twister if you say it too many times fast. <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, replacing him and we'll see. I hope the movie uh, is good no matter what. Um, I'll still watch it regardless. But uh, yeah, well, less we say about that, the better. <laughs> Okay, on that, then uh, last story I want to talk about is uh, Marvel is going to be doing something very interesting. Uh, they are going to start up some radio st- stories, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, kind of the way that the, you know we used to have old uh, radio shows um, with like the old Superman show or uh, the Lone Ranger. Um but it's going to be set to it's going to be in a podcast medium where it's going to be a serialized Wolverine story. It's called Wolverine: The Long Night. Uh, it will be a story that you can listen to and on uh, multiple episodes and kind of uh, follow along in that way. My biggest hope for that is that they have a secret decoder ring section at the end of every episode. <laughs> Drink more Ovaltine? Yeah. Like, what a crock. <laughs> uh, no, what I'm interested freaking in... Freaking commercial? <laughs> what I'm actually more interested in would be... Uh, because it's going to be a completely uh, audio uh, medium. Right. Uh, you know, they can get away with describing some pretty crazy stuff. I'm just hoping we get some really good slashing and, like, stabbing sound effects. Yeah. That that's I hope so too. I mean, especially with Wolverine, you have to. Yeah, I mean that's this big thing, you know. You, you have some uh, Berserker barrages and. Uh, did uh, you um? Did you watch uh, Peggy Carter when it was on a- Agent Carter? I'm sorry, when it was on TV. I did not. So, I think the first episode and the sec the last episode of the first season, both started with um them portraying a, a radio show for Captain America. Like you see you see them putting the show together and then uh Peggy's listening to it on the radio and stuff like that and uh it's got Ralph Garman of all people doing some of the voices and you can see the people doing uh fully for it and it's like uh, it's like yeah I you know it, it, I I could I kind of think that'd be cool to see a wolverine show in the same way i hope that we get to see the behind the scenes of them doing the show to see yeah i guess that's that. more what i wanted yeah, yeah. is uh, it's i want to see the behind the scenes for that that'd be really cool yeah and maybe somebody who's really like enterprising can like maybe do animated shorts on some of the scenes <laughs> i wouldn't doubt someone would or maybe edit the old uh, 90s animated series to match with the audio <laughs> people do that already for other stuff so why not it could work uh, did you have uh, a, a last story? My last story is uh, one of my favorites has uh, a release date announced. Black Mirror Season 4 will be debuting later this month, yes. December 29th. So I think once we're done with Stranger Things, we'll be moving right into Black Mirror. Damn right we will. It's going to be a belated uh, Christmas present, or you could see it as a New Year's Eve present. So let me ask you this. Have you watched the trailers that have been put out for each episode? I saw the trailer for, I believe it was Archangel. Okay. I haven't seen the others. I, I have kind of chosen not to watch any of them. I just kind of want to go right into them like fresh without any preconceptions. Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, the trailer for Archangel reveals nothing, but is very interesting looking because it gives you no real indication of what the story is. It looks like it could go any which way from what they show you. That's good. Uh, I like to hear that. Yeah, and the only other thing I've seen is that one of the episodes I think is going to be starring Matt Damon. And <laughs> no, no you talk about the USS Callister episode, yes. which is the it looks like the the original series, um, Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, no, that actor kind of looks like uh-huh. Matt Damon, but he's the actor from it's uh Jesse Plimpton Plimptons, I think is his name. He was on um. Uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, I think he was on uh, Breaking Bad, Fargo. Sounds very familiar, but I can't picture it. All I do know is because I saw the little like postage stamp size uh, thumbnail. Uh, I'm like, is that Matt Damon? He does have. He kind of <laughs> does have like a, a 
a Matt Damon-esque face. He's got that Matt Damon quality to him. Yeah. So, uh, and that's just, you know, I just, I just happened to see the still photo of that guy, of that, of that scene of them on the, the bridge. Well, after seeing Matt Damon as Loki, I wouldn't mind seeing him in something really offbeat and unexpected anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I see. I'm super excited. The only, I guess one of the only things that I know is that the Jodie Foster directed one of these episodes. I think she directed Archangel. Is it Archangel? I think so, Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited for that to start back up and, and for us to talk about it. Which for sure is going to happen. For sure. Uh, okay. I think with uh, all the that, that geek news said, let's go ahead and get on to our episode of Stranger Things. So Stranger Things Season 2, Chapter 6, The Spy. Uh, as we left the, the story at the end of Episode 5, they were setting fire to um, a lot of the vines or worms or tendrils or whatever you want to call it whatever that thing is yeah and as they were doing that um will kind of drops and looks like he's having a seizure he's definitely in pain and everybody's freaking out yeah it looks like it was a good old-fashioned conniption yeah and i think obviously as we saw in earlier in that episode when they were causing damage to some of the material they had in one jar the rest of the jars were also having the same affliction happen to them as like a reaction so uh that's the best way to put it is that they were what they were doing to the vines where it was happening to the inside of uh will and uh, it's it's because of whatever it was that possessed him it came from the under upside down and went inside his body is definitely uh taking on a new form yep so this episode basically picks up where we left off with uh, Will being rushed through the hospital mm-hmm. and uh, Hopper being decontaminated very unceremoniously. <laughs> uh, did we get to see his ass in that? You kind of did. Yeah. I yeah. Was, like, is, is, was that cheeks? That's, <laughs> that's more so of Hopper. I heard a, I heard a interest, or I read an interesting thing on, uh, on social media this week. Uh, apparently, Marion Webster... Uh, used Hopper as an example for Dad Bod. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> He's the perfect specimen for Dad Bod. He put on a lot of weight this for this season, didn't he? Like he seems he? he seems bigger. Is than... that why in that first season or the first episode of the season you have his secretary like taking his donut and giving probably him a or something? yeah whatever that was yeah yeah but I. I, I figure he'd be bulking up for Hellboy, so maybe he was just gaining some mass so that he can turn it to muscle. Maybe that that's definitely that's a definite maybe for me. Yes, that's that's a thing that could happen. That's a definite thing that could happen. Let me let now let's talk about Paul Reiser's character in this episode. Yes, I have to say that one. I had to say that I really enjoy uh, like this year Paul Reiser's resurgence into things that I'm watching. So. Would you say that you're mad about him? Uh, I would say I'm definitely mad about Paul Reiser. Uh, obviously, he's got the role in this. He has uh, he had a show come out on Hulu called There's Johnny, which is uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes look at the, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson oh, as, as you follow around a young man who went from – Iowa, Nebraska, somewhere, somewhere in that uh, Midwest area, and he uh, gets a job at the Tonight Show, and you know meets all the kooky behind-the-scenes people, the writers and the producers and uh, the talent scouts and stuff like that. And he was also in that show Red Oaks, I think I, I mentioned to you before, which was on Amazon, and he was he he kind of plays this like. Uh, he he's a really nice guy. He's a guy who who's a member and the president of the board for a country club, and you're following around uh, this kid who's a tennis pro at the country club, and uh, he's. But Paul Reiser's character is also kind of a sleazy Bernie Madoff kind of character, and hmm. uh, he he's really good in it, and you know different than other stuff. But I just want to say that I'm really enjoying. And most recently, I think he was on he was on a show called um, Married with um, children. 
No, it's not Married <laughs> with Children, but it was just called Married. Uh, I just can't, trying to remember who the actors then was. Uh, the, one actress is um, uh, she plays the voice of Cheryl on Archer. Oh, uh, Judy Greer. Yes. Yeah. So she was in it. It's a really good show. Yeah. Yeah. So I've decided it's a good show. <laughs> Paul Reiser. In this episode, uh, I really enjoyed him. I, I thought it was he was he gave he was able to um, turn me around on his character because up till now he seemed very uncaring for his patient, which is Will, and you know treated him more of just a test subject. And then beginning this episode, he kind of does that. He's still kind of doing that. He's not really connecting with him. But then there's a there's a part where he's like, you know, they, their solution is that we just need to burn the rest of the the infection, and if it kills Will, it kills Will. And he's he's trying to fight for it. He's like, no, you can't just kill this boy, you know. And it, that kind of made me feel for him. Like made me feel for his character. Yeah, he's got some depth to him. He's not just a company stooge like he was portrayed in the first, or at least how we were led to think he might be. Right. Um, yeah, they did that little uh, reversal of uh, expectations, I guess, or subverting the expectations, which yeah. is one of the things I like a lot in uh, my media. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's got some character to him. He, like, actually cares, even though he's just, you know, he's, he's basically trying to do the right thing, uh, uh, apparently. By by this kid, by the yeah. by the buyers themselves, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of interesting that uh, it's going that direction. Let me ask you this: When they are first question, well, when Will first wakes up from his coma, and he doesn't recognize Bob or Hopper, barely recognizes Mike. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is actually Will? Or it's the creature inside of Will kind of possessing his body. And that's the reason why he can't remember any of those people. I think it's a combination of both. I think it's sort of the the way I kind of had to wrap my brain around that concept was it's kind of like a partitioned hard drive. Okay. Uh, if that makes sense. And uh, the partition that was the, the uh, Thessal Hydra or whatever that smoke monster is that's inside him, right? started as just a small file, and it's now starting to take a bigger space in the hard drive. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of overriding or uh, overshadowing uh, the previous uh, memories. So it still will, but this other thing is sort of taking over, and it's causing Will to lose his uh, short-term memory, perhaps, or his immediate grasp on recollection mm, that's interesting because the way the way i i kind of i read the scene i guess is the best way to put it is that it's like a guy who is impersonating somebody at this point like he goes to a party and he is impersonating uh said person and uh, the first person that walks up to him is a woman and says and she's was like oh hi honey i'm glad you're here so he kind of he's like well that must be my wife so will the person that's impersonating will or the thessal hydra that's impersonating will is like the lady in the room must be my mom so that's my mom but the rest of the people at the party you have no idea who it is you're not so you too just, sure. yeah, yeah you're just like uh you're a guy you are an officer you're a doctor kind of thing you don't know these people's names so thus that's why he like he doesn't know who Hopper is. He doesn't know who he, the the other kid in the room though is. Hey, you're my best friend, right? That's why you're here. So <laughs> so he's basically cold reading the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and that's what I kind of got. So then, as we see, he goes and he he feeds false information to the doctors and the rest of the government people so that they can the the Thessal Hydra can take his revenge on the people that burned yeah, him. It was like he didn't like that. Yeah. Bastards. So I'm guessing and then at that my my interpretation of, of it at that point is that Will uh, was Will Will was either able to take back over or the Thessal Hydra was um spent. Well, it's kind of weird because he does speak in the third person about the Thessal Hydra. Right. He doesn't say I didn't like that. Uh-oh. He says he didn't like that. But yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Like, so, like, is this thing influencing Will 
and Will's kind of going along with it because it's overpowered him and he's assimilated with it? Or is there some other way? Like the whole mechanics of how that's supposed to be happening, it's not really clear. But what is clear is that they pissed off the Thessal Hydra. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And it laid a pretty good uh, trap for everybody. Which, um, this is kind of the stuff that was happening more towards the end, but I wanted to point out that it had a really cool sequence of uh, very reminiscent of Aliens. Mm-hmm. Where everybody's in the dark, and they even have like their leader saying "Stay frosty." Yeah, that's very much a callback to the. And you see the yeah, you see the radar with other little blips of the the tracking the motion of the different things, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was awesome. Like, <laughs> I'm not even mad. This is a great homage. So a lot of the things that the, the, or the things that they are tracking are the evolved versions of like what Dart evolved into. Basically, yeah. I guess we're led to assume that uh, the tunnels are being dug up by these dart-looking creatures. Um, Demo-dogs, as it were. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they're pretty vicious. Well, uh, they're I, deadly. I, I, I guess up until this point, I had not ex- suspected that there were multiple darts out there or demodogs neither did i i thought that dart was just kind of like a one-off and the the vines were just growing right and uh spreading and causing the caverns yeah and uh no apparently it's these things yeah and maybe that's why they have those weird uh kind of graboid type heads maybe that's you know how they dig (laughs) it's the image that called to my mind as well um which kind of takes us into the other, you know, the other part is uh, Steve and Dustin, you know. Which was their, probably my favorite part of the Their episode. little adventure. And we didn't talk about that last episode. Is, yeah. uh, Dust, or Steve comes to Mike's place to kind of apologize to Nancy as Dustin is also looking for Mike and he doesn't find him. And he, the two of them running into each other and he goes, you're Steve, right? Or you still have that bat with all the nails in it. He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, you're coming with me. She doesn't want these anyways or something like that. You know, it throws, throws the flowers on the ground and Steve's like, all right, whatever. And, uh, we didn't talk about that last week, but this week it, it goes on with that. And it's very, odd relationship these two have like they bonding they will yeah they already bonded they bonded over last year you know they 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 were in an experience that's very much unique to just the two of them you know or not just the two of them but just to their little group uh and but now they are yeah they're bonding even more for whatever reason i don't know but they they you know he he tells him look there's uh this thing that i was uh keeping as a pet it's down in the cellar and uh, you need to take care of it because it ate my cat yeah and uh yeah that's when we see that he, they were the ones that caused the caverns because it burrowed through his brick wall and through the ground behind that Yep. Don't know how exactly you're gonna explain that explain that one to your mom, who's still apparently on the other side of town looking for the cat. Yeah, maybe that's where Muse escaped to. Yeah. Dug a <laughs> hole in the cellar and Maybe. It's, it's disappeared. But um Yeah, so they go off on their own little adventure searching for, for Dart. Uh, you know, walking all on the train tracks, yet again another homage to uh Stand, Stand by, by Me. me. Now, now, where exactly do you think they got all that meat? I'm guessing they got it from Dustin's fridge. That's a lot. That was a, to fill up two buckets. I mean, and they cubed it all up. Do you, do you know how much time that would have took? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, or maybe they, maybe Dustin used the rest of his arcade money, you know, to go buy some deli, you know, <laughs> some cold cuts. Well, yeah, yeah, they're throwing, they're throwing it down and. Uh, they uh, well, one they finally get a hold. Lucas finally gets a hold of him, and uh, he's you know he blames it on his sister that she turned off his walkie-talkie. But we actually know he wasn't he wasn't even around his walkie-talkie. Uh, and they all meet up at the junkyard for whatever reason. That's where they're gonna draw Dart Two. Um, same junkyard from season one where they were trying to escape with Eleven at one point. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, I knew I saw that junkyard before. I just thought that I saw it in this season, but no, that was in season yeah, one. Season one. Um, Lucas has gone and told Max everything, as we talked, we we said in the last episode. But now he has a way to prove it to her. Now, Max and her brother, her stepbrother. What's her stepbrother's name? Bill. Billy. Billy. Okay. 
it doesn't look like there's any adult supervision in that house whatsoever. No, yeah, it looked like they were definitely having the run of it. Was he smoking while like while working bench out? Pressing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not bench pressing, curling. No, he was bench pressing. He was also doing that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's so eighties. <laughs> that that is very eighties. <laughs> yeah. That is extremely eighties. Uh, yeah, and obviously, <laughs> this whole he's all like, who's out there? Oh, just Mormons, talkative Mormons, and then he goes and checks. It's just like. I don't. I mean, they're doing a great job of making me not like this guy. Yeah, and I—that's exactly what they want me to do—is not like this guy. So I, it only makes me think that at the, towards the end of the season, there's going to be some big like twist where he either sacrifices himself or it turns out that he's the second coming of Jesus, and you know, it's going to be a big oh, I can't believe I never liked this guy. And how? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Um. No, yeah, he's an interesting dude. Um, I definitely feel like he's a guy that you would probably hate to be around, but he's fascinating. Uh, as a character, yes. Yes. Um, and then we get a little bit of backstory from Max about her situation, her home life situation. Yeah, you don't get a lot, so no, this is pretty much going to be it for the most part. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. like, they don't go too much into that, and I'm sure they're going to save some more of that for later. I'm sure they're going to play out in a bigger picture form. Um, <clears throat> there's a fan theory. Um, I I won't go too much into detail on it yet because it doesn't really pertain to the, this particular story anyway. But uh, there's a fan theory that she has some kind of ability, not to the same level as uh as Eleven. Wow! But that there's something about her uh, that she's not just crazy good at video games for no reason. That there's there's something special about her, and uh, we'll go into more of that later on as this this the season unwinds but yeah so well this is episode six there's only nine episodes this season right that is correct okay so i got and most everybody agrees seven, that eight, episode nine. seven sucks but uh yeah that as well <laughs> well and from what i understand you know just because it's hard it's hard to avoid stuff with social media uh one of the reasons i mean not one of the reasons but we don't have 11 in this episode at all that's right that episode is all about Eleven and where she's at, right? That's right. Okay. It's Think of it kind of like a side story because a lot of it will be overlapping uh, events. Okay. Which is not something we've seen yet in Stranger Things' this narrative. is uh, multiple tangent storylines. But in a situation like this with so many characters having to do different things for plot reasons, uh, yeah, we had to get to there at the one point. Yeah. And this is what I... One of the things that I kind of don't enjoy about this season is that the group is so split up that we don't have everybody kind of working together uh we getting we kind of get that with dustin lucas steve and uh max in this part of the story where they're they think they're just going up against dart but in reality you find out that there's so many more demon dogs out there start in his boys i almost thought there's the one part where uh lucas is on top of the bus and he's screaming uh i think at three o'clock he's like he's yelling three o'clock steve three o'clock and i just wanted him to to look over and see that there's the other one that's right next to him and be like clever girl <laughs> <laughs> but that'd be a 90s homage i know still it spielberg be, it's but... still spielberg but yeah it would be definitely very 90s um yeah, they took on a little bit too much uh, once again, but Steve is able to kind of outwit the 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 creature and get back to the bus in time to uh, save himself. But uh, it it as they're about to be devoured by it, it's called away, and this is uh, connecting it to the story with Will and uh, the the government people, the Hawkins Lab people. Uh, I um, the Thessal Hydra has now called them to attack the ones that were there to try and kill him. Yeah, which was all cleverly set up by Will. Right, or the Thessal Hydra. Oh, the Thessal Hydra. Yeah. Uh, Will gave the impression that he could see into the Thessal Hydra's mind and led everyone to believe that uh, one particular location in the caverns uh, was like the weak spot, or the the the. Uh, the vulnerable spot that yeah way. yeah like the heart or whatever that you know if you attack this particular area it will kill it so everybody uh takes this at face value goes down there 
when everybody is down there, the demo dogs are called to action. They all leave, uh, fortunately saving uh, Steve and the rest of the, the kids. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for the rest of the scientists or slash soldiers, whatever they are, um, yeah, they just become the demo dogs' next pack. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, Hopper even says, oh, I know this area. This is where the, the graveyard is. But essentially, where all the bones are that he came across. Oh, yeah, because there was a bunch of dead uh, carcasses in there. Which then remains. leads you to believe that they've been doing this to other creatures and people, maybe. Yeah. yeah I mean, you have to have something living to get a skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, they get devoured. Uh, Mike has his one one of his only lines in this whole episode. It's like, the spy. And as he called uh, Will in the former episode or the previous episode, you know, you but you find out that he's actually, or that Thessal Hydra is the spy. And um, he goes running towards the room where... I, I guess I guess the war room or whatever you want to call it the situation situation room, room. Uh, but the, the the Marines at, at guard there would not let him in even though he's got information which I don't know it seems it seems very weird Did, so were they trying to keep that room the the one room that will was in like cold because you kept seeing like Joyce and and Bob like dressed in uh, clothes but with uh blankets over them and kind of still shivering and yeah basically uh in order to keep him comfortable he had to be colder than than i guess normal human body temperature so yeah everybody else was like cold because he had to be cold otherwise he'd complain about it just like the sh- the bathtub basically when, yeah uh i think the other part of this episode was uh the following of nancy and jonathan as they Completed their deal with uh, jur- journalism. The journalist played by Brett Gelman. I don't. I don't remember what his name is. Is it Murray? I want to. Or is he a journalist or Abraham? was he an investigator? I he was a sort of both, but more of a private eye. Okay. Yeah, uh, we we see them making copies of the tape, the audio tape, uh, sending them off in packages to different uh, news media's, celebrating, toasting with vodka. <laughs> yes, and you know, even though they are underage yeah, yeah definitely drinking way He's too much aiding and abetting and all kinds of lascivious activities <laughs> giving advice to jonathan uh about his love life yeah calling them out for the obvious sexual tension in the air oh i forgot to say steve also giving out advice to dustin on how to act with women obviously all the wrong type of advice yeah because i mean in to Dustin, someone like Steve must have all the answers and be a hit with the ladies. But as we know, Steve is actually kind of striking out. Right. And and even so, he's he's in high school, too. He's not like he's lived this massive life and has all this experience. He's just he's probably not the best person to be taking the advice from. And obvious and for as we see, for obvious reasons. As far as character moments go, though, that scene where he's explaining how to get like his hair was like one of the highlights <laughs> for sure that was definitely a highlight of this whole season and a fun little fact about that uh, after the airing of that episode i think like the very next day the google searches for farrah faucet spray hit like an all-time high of, i don't like, doubt it hundreds of thousands of searches for that wow and interestingly enough as well uh this led to somebody on reddit on the uh, stranger things subreddit Posting, uh, so yeah, my uncle, who is a huge Farrah Fawcett fan, has a couple of those Farrah Fawcett spray bottles. And he showed a couple of pictures of his uncle, quote unquote, because at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually meant serial killer. (laughs) Um, When when he said that his uncle was a fan of Farrah Fawcett, he meant his uncle was obsessed with Farrah Fawcett. Wow. And like, literally, the house was a shrine like top to bottom and there was there happened to be one corner where there was nothing but like basically a store display of the farrah fawcett hairline products with yes a few bottles of the spray and other stuff in there as well and i was like whoa like i feel like you'd be hearing that like record scratch and then really eerie silence kind (sighs) of music in your head if you ever like walked into this place 
I also thought it was uh I I, I loved that he was like uh damp hair, not wet hair, but damp hair. Yeah, that's the kind of specifics that you know really sell it. <laughs> to, to get that Steve Harrington hair. And I gotta say, um, I don't know if it's become apparent, but I've been following his guidelines to, to some measure of uh, success. Did you get the Farrah Fawcett spray? No, those are hard to come by nowadays. Yeah, I don't think they have the propellant in them anymore to make it work. <laughs> uh, was there anything else that we missed in this episode that you want to talk about? Uh, basically, after the demo dogs were done chomping on the, all the uh, scientists slash whatever those guys were. Uh, cleanup crew uh, they start working their way back up to hawkins and uh they're basically that's right i forgot yeah they're basically on the other side of the situation room that's just like basically protected by a sheet of glass that might be you know that might be some ballistic glass or something it might be able to withstand them it very well might be um but no it won't <laughs> no good um, to know <laughs> But yeah, so that's going to lead into our next episode. Uh, but first, we're going to get an interlude of what Eleven's been up to. And uh, like warning, this has been rated by most people as uh, the worst, most unnecessary episode of the season. I think that's not entirely true, although it definitely feels out of place. Okay. It feels like a severe change in tone. Um, there's some things that are definitely questionable. But I think ultimately it still fits into the whole Stranger Things vibe. It's just kind of jarring. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know. Did, we, did last week did we talk about um, the fact that it was renewed for season three? Yes, we did. We okay. talked about. We were surprised that it hadn't already been because yeah, we like, thought we did. It, we thought it had been already. Yeah, because at least it, for four because it had been announced that they were going to have four seasons. So I guess it was just talked about that they want to make four seasons and the third one was actually greenlit mm -hmm. or that they were, maybe they were going to start production that whole thing was kind of confusing yeah i was like i thought for sure like since like it came out they're like oh yeah we're gonna go up to season four with this series right uh okay anybody has any information or questions or concerns they want to talk about with this episode or any of the stories that we talked about this week we'd love to hear from you and if anybody has any inside scoops on the whole Marvel Disney deal with uh, Fox, uh, chime we, in. We'd love to uh, expand on that. Yeah, yeah, we definitely would love to hear that. Uh, I'm on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. John's also on Twitter as I am at Magic Bollocks. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekeliteradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the geekly radio network uh but until then this is the geeks watch on the geekly radio network saying always remember to geek, geek out we now return you to your regularly scheduled program